Welcome back to Dad's Bedtime Stories. Just a couple reminders again. First of all, we have a contest going on. If you have an idea for a future episode of the podcast or a planet that the characters should visit, just email me at dad.bedtimestories at gmail.com. The link is in the description. And once again, if you enjoy an episode, the best thing you can do to help me out is to share it with others who you think may enjoy it as well. If you can believe it, we're already on episode 34, Magic 101. Now, as usual, lay back in your bed, get as comfortable as possible, and pull those covers up over top of yourself. Your only job is to close your eyes and imagine yourself doing what the kid in the story does. And as you might recall from the last episode, you've just made yourself a magic staff and it's time to go learn how to use it. Imagine yourself standing at the front door to your house, your apartment building, or wherever you live. You walk outside and Changer is there to greet you. The little shape-shifting dog. Ruff, ruff, says Changer. Are you ready to go, Changer? Changer transforms again into a huge lion with a saddle. You climb on the back of the lion and it starts to run way faster than you've ever seen an animal run. It runs straight for a forest where you bounce between trees, over streams, and jump over huge rocks. And once again, you come to a huge lake and Changer just keeps running towards it. Right before he hits the lake, he jumps into the air. Wings shoot out of his side and he glides across the surface of the lake. The lake is incredibly calm, and you see the glass-like water with your reflection in it and the reflection of Changer. When you get to the other side, the wings disappear, and Changer continues to run through the forest until he comes to a huge opening with a giant oak tree once again. Changer transforms into a little mouse, leaving you standing on the ground, and the mouse climbs up your leg and hops into your pocket. You walk towards the giant oak tree. Its eyes open, and it speaks. Oh, it's you again. Come on in. The bottom of the oak tree starts to split open and form into a huge cave. Once again, you step into the cave and you're on a slide going down. There's tons of different colors of light around you as you slide left and right through this gigantic slide. You come out at the bottom, standing in a big open room with wizard statues on either side and a fireplace in the distance. Flames erupt in the fireplace and start to shoot out of it, forming themselves into what looks like a wizard. Ow, it's you. Welcome. Come with me. If you're ready to learn magic, that is. The wizard walks towards the side of the room and another door appears out of nowhere. He opens the door and leads you inside this other room. You end up in a huge open space made of bricks and carved stones on every side. The ceiling is higher than a gymnasium's and every single sound makes a really loud echo noise. This is our practice room, says the wizard. Here, you can learn magic much easier. Uh, why is that, you ask? Well, there's a couple things about this room. One, 
nobody else is around, and it's always easier to do magic when nobody's there to believe you can't do magic. Okay, you say. And two, tons of wizards have done spells here before. They've used their very own belief in magic and infused it into every rock and every wall. It creates a perfect environment to do magic. You'll find it much easier to do magic here than anywhere else you go. Now, let me see that staff you got there. You hand the wizard your staff. It's a beautiful, big, green piece of wood that's long and slender with lots of different markings on it. At the top of it is the shape of a bear, probably because it was infused with the essence of a bear from the bear's fur. Hmm, says the wizard. This is a good staff. I can feel lots of potential in this thing. It's something I've never felt before. Some kind of special magic. Probably from the alien planet you got this thing from. Oh, special magic? That sounds pretty cool. What does it do? I don't know, says the wizard. How am I supposed to know what an alien wood's gonna do? Come on, let's get to training. You follow the wizard into the center of the room. Sitting in the center of the room is a plain old regular school desk. Now, what's that? The wizard asks you. Um, it's a desk, you say? Are you sure it's a desk? Says the wizard. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it looks like a desk. Hmm. Well, how are you sure it's not a horse? Well, it's not a horse because it's not a horse. It's a desk, you say. Yeah, but... Look again, says the wizard. You look back at the desk, and it's transformed itself into a wooden and metal horse. Okay, you say. I guess it's a horse now. Is it? says the wizard. You look back again, and it's transformed back into a desk. How did you do that? you say. That's exactly what I'm going to teach you says the wizard. Now, there's two really important parts to magic. Number one is belief. Things are the way they are, partially because of belief. In order to make things into something they're not meant to be, you just have to believe that they are that thing. I see, you say. Uh, okay, I think I kind of get the idea. Yeah, and the other thing that's important are emotions. Uh, like being sad and stuff, you ask? Yeah, exactly. Now you see, certain kinds of emotions let you do certain kinds of magic, and they kind of reflect the emotion itself. For example, anger. When you're angry, your magic will be angry. Anger is great if you want to break things apart or tear them down or push people away, for example. But it's not great for other things. Right, you say. And what about things like happiness and stuff? Ah, well that's just the thing. Happiness, joy, that kind of thing. That brings things together. You have to have happiness or joy to make things, to attract things to you, and to change things into other things. Happiness can be transformative. I see. So, if you want to make the table explode, throw some hate at it. But if you want to change it into something else, you're gonna have to first believe it's that thing, and you're gonna have to be happy about it. Okay, you say. So I transform the desk into a horse, 
by believing it's a horse and by being happy about it? Uh, basically, yeah. So first, let's focus on yourself, says the wizard. Close your eyes and imagine yourself somewhere that makes you happy. You close your eyes and just imagine something or somewhere that makes you happy. Now, it's the feeling that matters, not the place. So just keep thinking about it, but more important, feeling happiness. You close your eyes and you try to feel what it feels like to be happy. As you let happiness fill you up inside, you feel something strange come over your body. That's it, says the wizard. You open your eyes and you see that your staff is glowing with power. Now, project your essence onto the desk. Just let it surround it completely. Imagining you and the desk are the same thing. You try to imagine your essence flying out from you and surrounding the desk and the blue glow covering your staff begins to cover your body. Then the glow reaches out away from you and surrounds the desk. Good, says the wizard. Now, you just have to imagine the desk turning into a horse. And of course, you have to believe that it's possible. The belief part wasn't too hard for you since you'd seen the desk turn into a horse already, so you knew it was possible. You continued allowing yourself to feel that happiness. And with it, you allowed the desk to form into a horse. It slowly shifted and changed shapes until it formed into a slightly different looking horse than the one the wizard had made. But a horse, either way. You let go of your focus and the blue glow disappears and the horse remains. Whoa, you say. That's pretty amazing. Yep, and that there's the basics to magic. Really? So, I can do just about anything with that? Just about anything. Although, as I said, it'll be easy to do in here. It's much harder to do out there. And even harder if you're around other people. Why's that? That's no fun. Well, you see, other people's belief can get in the way too. For example, Let's say you tried to do the same thing at your school. There'd be a bunch of other people around and those people would believe that what was in front of them was a desk and not a horse. So, unless you believed way harder than all of them, the desk would remain a desk. Really? Yep, it's what stopped a lot of wizards in their tracks when they were trying to fly. Imagine yourself up there, soaring in the clouds, not a care in the world. And then a plane flies by. A bunch of people look out the side of the plane, and they see a wizard flying in the middle of nowhere. Well, their belief takes over because they're like, Hey, wizards don't fly, and wait a second, I don't think wizards are even real. And suddenly, before you know it, you're not there anymore because you're fallen from the sky. And it's led to the demise of many wizards and it's one of the reasons we're really careful about flying. Whoa, I can see what you mean. But wait, we can fly? Of course you can fly. But again, as long as you believe you can fly more than everybody else around you, just... Let yourself fill up with happiness again. You let yourself fill up with happiness. And allow yourself to drift off the ground. 
and you allow yourself to drift off the ground. You easily float high up above and you learn to move yourself to the left and to the right and then you let yourself come down for a gentle landing. And again, it's easy in here, kid. Don't get the idea that you can go jumping off a cliff and just be able to fly. Chances are, you won't. Okay, you say. I, I think I got it. Well, now that you have that, I'm gonna have to explain the rules for using your magic. Oh, okay, there's rules? Of course there are. You were stopped in the first place for using unsanctioned magic. Now, once you get sanctioned to use magic, you're gonna be allowed to use it in a couple scenarios. Okay, what are those? Well, you can only use it if other people don't know about it, and you can never use it to harm other people. Unless, of course, it's a self-defense situation. That's always the exception, of course. Okay, I think I can do that, so... I can do it, but basically only when other people don't see. And I can't use it to harm anyone else. That's right. Can other people never see? Like, what if they're attacking me or I need to use magic? Well, in times of need to save yourself or others... You can use magic. You just have to report it to the Wizards Council right away so we can go wipe everyone's memories. We don't like that secret getting around or you get these young folks coming knocking on the door. Can I have magic powers, please? It's the worst, explains the wizard. Oh, I totally understand. So when will I be able to use magic powers? Do you understand the rules? Asks the wizard. Yeah, you understand the rules. Are you going to follow the rules? Says the wizard. Yeah, I'm going to follow the rules. Well, then you can use magic powers now, says the wizard. He stomps his staff on the ground three times. The foreheads of the wizard statues that surround the room start to glow, and out of each of them comes a light. The light streaks through the room and lands on your forehead causing a strange sensation to go through you. It then leaves a special mark on your forehead that you just know can only be seen by other people with magic powers. And the mark fades away and disappears. I can use magic now without even going to some sort of like wizard school or something like that? Yeah, we find people learn best when they want to learn, so... If you want to learn, come back any time. But now we don't make you do some sort of school or something like that, having you say magic spells and wave your wands around in a special direction. That's not how magic works. It's best to learn when you want to learn it, says the wizard. Okay, well, it's been a pretty exhausting day. I think I better get back home. Where's the exit, you ask? Exit? You don't need an exit. You just need to believe you are where you want to be, says the wizard. So, again, let yourself fill up with the happiness or some kind of good feeling anyways. Close your eyes and just expect when you open them that you're in the place you want to be. And you will be. You can do it with your eyes open, but it's a lot harder. It's harder to believe things when you can see something else, you know. Once again... You allow a happy, relaxed feeling to fill your body, letting your shoulders and your arms relax. You close your eyes and you start to believe that you're in your bedroom, laying down on your bed, feeling yourself laying against the covers and the mattress. When you open your eyes, that's exactly where you are once again. Your eyelids are heavy, so you let them close. The lights are already off, and you allow yourself to drift off to sleep. Good night, everyone.